What's going on, everybody? We are here for another Awaken Your Relationships, and this is Divorce by 10,000 Cuts. Ouch! Doesn't kill you, but it hurts like hell. And uh, I'm Julie Murphy, and I have spent over 25 years being a financial planner. And you know what? We've learned a couple of things that we act things out, we work it out through our money, through our health, and through our relationships. Hence, I'm here again talking with Rita about the relationship piece because I'm the money chick, she's the relationship chick, and then it's like, okay, how does this all merge together? And we're watching that even if you choose divorce or even if you are divorced or considering divorce, you can't avoid the personal work you need to do. Right? Rita and I were chatting about that. And uh, so Rita, you were saying about that a person really needs to just decide to actually feel better. Right. You know, when I, I get a lot of women and, and some men in my door that um, who they don't know if they want to get divorced. They don't know if they want to stay together. They don't know if they're happy. They don't know whose fault this is. And, and they let decades go by. Decades of confusion. Decades of, yeah, being stalled and confused and stuck and not moving. Yep. And they come to me and the first question I ask them is, are they worth it? Mm. Because if you're going to make any sort of change in your life, positive change, you have to decide whether the work you're going to go through personally, the yep. angst that's going to come up, how you're going to have to stand up for yourself, how you're going to have to have compassion in places you don't want to, how you're going to have to let go of your past, yep. how it's going to result in in their humanity getting triggered and them falling you know, into their bad habits of- Totally, right. Because it's not about the other person. It's about you. Right. And so everybody's, you know, you have to decide when you're looking at divorce, if the process- of divorce and all everything that comes up is worth not fixing your relationship or if staying with your relationship or, or you know, um, staying with your relationship is worth the, what you're sacrificing in freedom and, 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 you know, mindsets. You get so much when you're in a relationship, mm -hmm. but only if it's a good relationship. Right. And so I also want to remind people to hit that subscribe, like, and notification bell, not only on my YouTube channel, but also Rita's, because we're going to help you get to this place where you have a life that you love. And you may feel like you're cornered. And we're here to tell you, you're in, you, nobody puts baby in a corner, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just chose my age a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, Patrick Swayze reference. I love it. I know. You got to do it. But um, I had this huge misnomer that, oh, my God, like I was looking for this huge sense of relief after my divorce. And it didn't come. Didn't come. Because you can BS yourself for so long that it's going to, that that was the end all be all. But particularly if you have children in your relationship. That's not going to ever stop. Yeah, it's not. I tell people that um, if they get divorced, it doesn't mean that the relationship ends. That relationship lasts until eternity. They've right. already made the impact on you. You've made the impact on them. They hear you in their head. You hear that you know them in your head. So, I mean, the relationship never, ever ends. 
It simply changes what it looks like. And so if you want the relationship to change what it looks like, whether you stay or whether you go, you have to start working on the things that you aren't very good at. And if that, if someone gets angry all the time, they have to work on compassion. If mm. someone gives in all the time, they have to work on speaking their truth. Right. It's always these areas of ourselves that haven't been developed that got mm-hmm. us trapped in a codependent relationship with someone else who hasn't worked on their stuff. Right. And so if the person is worth it, then maybe you can work on it together. And I've seen that loads of times. You know, right. they're invested, you're invested, we want to make this work, it's important. Right. If they're not worth it, like if they're not willing to show up, they have way too many issues, way too many health problems, way too, way too many things to really make it worth your time. Well, it's really about the fact that you said it earlier. It's about like, are you willing to do your work? And is the other person willing to do their work? Right. And that's when I have seen across the board that a lot of times you'll have one person who's willing to do the work and the other person's not. And then one person typically then will try to just overdo the work for both parties. And that doesn't work either. And what has been almost magical, I'll say, is that when you do do your work, you're changing your insides. And that means the outside world will reflect and change from that. So that gives the opportunity of the other party to do their work or not do their work as you're changing it. And eventually it snaps if, and it could even be that you're both doing the work and that work is apart. It doesn't necessarily mean that means together. It could still mean that that means apart. And this is also true from a financial perspective because, you know, I just helped. It's amazing to me. There's no in-between on the divorce front when it comes to financials. There's either you're annihilating each other or you're holding a safe space for each other. Very rarely, I've, I've not seen many places in between, and I've worked on a lot of divorce cases financially, and it's all about intention and, and what you want to create. And it's about the fact that, you know, you have to be true to yourself, but also true to um, your your own guidance system. I guess that's also being true to yourself, but um, and allowing the other person, I think this is where some of the magic is, is allowing the other person to make choices that you don't necessarily think are good or right choices. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to, you know, I, I spent most of my life studying to be a kindergarten teacher. And so I thought about, you know, how do you shape people into the best version of themselves? Right. And the biggest thing you can do is do what's right for you and allow them to figure out how they're going to live their life, whether you like it or not. Because once you really reach a certain age, you're an adult. The other Mm -hmm. person is an adult. They're responsible for themselves. And they will either choose to rise to the occasion Mm -hmm. or they will choose to leave because you're too much work. It's too much work to create those changes in their lives. And they'd rather smoke themselves to death or drink themselves to death or something. You know, so all you can do is provide someone with the opportunity. I wanted to go to Columbia. I don't know. It was like 10 years ago now. And I got a month 
uh, a month to prepare. I had someone that I knew vaguely who lived in Columbia that said, hey, we're inviting some people to go to Columbia for a few weeks to go into the mountains and study with the Arawaku. Do you want to go? We're leaving in a month. Right, right. And I really wanted to Game on. (laughs) I had a lot of things like my husband might not like it. You know, my family might not like it. All the things to get prepared so you don't get kidnapped or Mm. shot or something. Um, You know, white woman in Columbia. I mean, all sorts of, yeah, all sorts of creepy things can happen. So my family, especially my husband, was very against it. But Mm. I knew what I wanted. And I wanted to go. And so instead of reacting to his emotions, I knew he wouldn't like it. And I thought to myself, okay, I'm just going to keep taking a step at a time, encourage him, invite him to be a part of the process. And if he wants to, you know, make this work, he will. And if he doesn't, then it it won't work out. It'll all blow up. So step by step, I'd say something like, you know what, here's this decision I need to make. What's your opinion? As if I were going to do it all along. And at the beginning, you know, he says, well, don't expect me to pick you up from the airport. But step by step of me saying, you know what? Uh, I'm thinking about this. What's your opinion? What do you think? How do you feel about that? If it were you, how would you do it? And it brought him along until only a month later. It's like a couple days before the flight. And I'd already made arrangements for a ride. And he said, you mean you don't want me to drop you off at the airport? Well, because you continue, it's so funny that you're saying that I'm running into that exact same scenario today in terms of, I have things showing up in my current reality that doesn't match what I want to create. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, okay, well, I understand this is all going on over here, but, uh, I really just need to focus on what I'm creating. But I will tell you when those things happen, it's very easily to get into a place of pause because you can get tripped up in your old patterning, right? And and this is where I think some of this stuff of like death of 10,000 cuts comes from because it's like that old patterning is sticky. It's it's uh, it's interesting. It, I will say that, you know, four years later, it uh, lifts your grip, the grip off of you and it leaves your nervous system but then it still occurs and now you just observe and you see it occurring, but it's outside of you. It's not inside of you because it's inside of you when your nervous system is reacting to it. And I look forward to the day that it's completely just not there, right? Where it doesn't even show up anymore because there's not one ounce of me that's even resonating anything over there because it's only showing up because there's still some part of me inside that still resonates in that vein. So, um, Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more when you're like, you just keep going like into what it is that you want to create in your life. That's how you avoid too many cuts, right? Like you reduce the amount of self-torture, I'll call it, if you just focus on what you want to create and take those practical steps. And um, I was reminded this morning uh, with a good friend, we were in a conversation and she said, you know, all you got to do is like 
turn it over. Be like, all right, this needs to be taken care of, universe, God, whatever your deity, and just be like, okay, can you just take care of this? And it reminded me, like, my mother had 12 children. She did that all the time because there's no way that an at-home mom and an electrician could do everything for 12 children. And she would always turn it over and it would always happen, you know, and it would always, there was always a resolution and we don't understand how powerful that part of the equation is that we don't have to engage. We don't have to do, we don't have to. And, and it's funny. I'm because when we engage and we do on things that aren't the stuff that we want to create, you're actually giving your power away to somebody else. And that gives you deeper cuts and more cuts, right? When you're not staying in a place of empowerment. Yeah. If you're not every moment with the choices that you're making, then you're going to be taken by surprise and it's going to, it's going to hurt. You're going to be unconscious in your mind. But if you hand it over to God, let's say, it means that you're able to be present with what's right. going on, which means that you you make every moment an opportunity in some way. You right. always see where you're going and you say, you know, to whatever's happening in your life, even if you are justifiable in being angry or hurt or sad or grieving, no matter, even if you're justifiable, you say to yourself, okay, well, what's the right next step for where I'm going? Right. And you have to take that breath and step away. And it's, you know, when people say work, they don't always know what we mean when we say, you know, That's you true. your work. Right. The work is where you show up to your highest self, to what you want every day, rain or shine, just right. like, you know, the post woman or post person. Every day you show up and do it. You almost make it an unconscious habit of nourishing yourself and reflecting on your dreams and, and looking at what the right next step is. We've cut that out of our lives. But when we do it every day, we do that self-reflection, we nourish ourselves, suddenly our problems solve themselves. Right. Because right. now we realize, oh, this really wasn't a problem. I was missing the opportunity. And what's the opportunity? to move things in the direction I want them to go to a peaceful resolution, to a happy family, to um, all of us being healthy, happy, adjusted people, whatever it is. Right. And I think it's so important to understand that you don't have to do this by yourself. You know, when I was, when you were talking about um, just the, like the emotional healing and stuff like that, you know, it made me think of my book, the emotion behind money. You know, the reason I wrote that, I mean, when we talk about money, um, we don't necessarily actually um, like think that, I mean, we know there's emotion in there, but then when we're making financial decisions about things, we don't take into account what emotions are coming up and then how do we then navigate those. An emotion, whether it's in your relationship or financially, is just an unmet need. Emotions are unmet needs. And so the question is, is what do you need? So if you're finding in this process and it, and if you, and if you go to the place of why well, need somebody else to show up like this, mm, dig a little deeper because they can't show up like that for you. If you're not showing up for yourself like that. 
Right. So that's been another piece that's been very enlightening for me. Yeah. The main person who needs to hear what you have to say is you. Mm. You, us individually, we're the only ones who can give us the validation, the love, the gratitude, the support, because it's a felt sense. It's a right. state of being in gratitude. Right. So when you're grateful for yourself, mm-hmm. you're not looking for gratitude from other people. And they work as they want to be, or as insensitive and thoughtless as they want to be. You don't care because you're getting boatloads of gratitude because you appreciate yourself every day. Same thing with grace or love or forgiveness or respect or compassion. Yep. You give it to yourself by pausing, saying, I'm angry, which means I'm hurt. What Mm. do I want to do to make myself feel better? Right. And right. when we take and that out, instead of how do I stop this person me up, we're we're able to make progress because then it doesn't right. matter what they do so much. Well, and that goes into the whole well-being that thing that you were talking about before we got on, right? I mean, you were talking about how we have to decide how we want to feel. And so you can decide it up here and then physiologically because the physical is the last thing to go. So um, I want to share with people uh, because I've been on this road for a while and I'm, I'm down since my divorce, you know, I'm down almost 50 pounds and that's all because, you know, a lot of it was in my belly. And as I took my power back, you know, what happened was, is my third chakra got more into alignment, which is right above your belly button. And, um, and things started shrinking because I no longer needed, because I was showing up authentically. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It's just that now I'm showing up authentically in my life. And in that process, you know, recently I'm like going, okay, got it rocking and rolling. You think you got the layers done? And this is where it's like, oh my God, there's another cut. And what it was is um, I was really starting to get good. I love my Peloton treadmill that I have. And, um, I started to, uh, I, I do their boot camps. I love their boot camps on the treadmill. And, um, but then my whole right side, I was starting to notice going, Oh, it's my right shoulder. Oh, it's my right hamstring. Oh, it's my right calf. And everything was just like locking up, locking up, locking up, locking up. And for those of you who aren't aware that your emotions and your patterns is all stuck in your myofascia. Right. And, um, and most of us don't realize that that's kind of the container that holds it all for us when we're not feeling our emotions along the way. And so I heard somebody say, one of my spiritual teachers, like, you just need to keep moving through, like, keep working on, because what's the natural thing? Like, I'm getting on the treadmill and my hamstring freaking hurts, no matter what stretching or yoga or anything I was doing was alleviating massages was not, nothing was leaving. I'm going, all right, that's when I know it's energy, right? There's something that I, some message I am supposed to get when this pain is coming up and going, oh my God, I'm, I'm in the midst of a huge release. And what I came to realize is that's the masculine side of the body. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, my body, this is what I teach. Your body is way smarter than your mind. So when you're, and I know Rita, this is right in your ballpark. Um, And I started to realize, wow, my body, it's locking up on the masculine side. What's happening? Ooh, 
Ooh, so we are all in transition in this world right now to filter everything through our heart and then adding our smarts. And um, it's been fascinating to me that um, I go, oh, my inner masculine is really having a tough time letting my feminine take the lead, which is the heart. The heart is the feminine and the mind and the ego is the masculine. And this is the pattern that is dissipating. And then, so I, I literally started actually having a conversation with the right side of my body. Yeah. I talk to my body all the time. Right. I'm like, okay, it's okay. It's not that you're being kicked to the side and you've served me so well because I have, I, I always talk about in my blogs and everything that the first half of my career has been based completely on, and it's not just my career, it's in every area of my life. It was based on the wrong fuel source. It was based on the fuel source of me push, 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 push. It was my survival mode. And it was driven from my not enough button because my dad said to me when I was younger, Jewel, you should have been born a boy. You were good at things. And I want to pause you for a second because I've heard you say that a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's something that really kind of sticks with you. So let's just take a few seconds. Put your hand on your heart. I want you to notice how your breathing slows and it naturally slows. Mm -hmm. Notice the warmth of your skin under your hand, mm -hmm. the texture of your top. Mm -hmm. Maybe you feel the beating of your heart. Mm -hmm. And I want you to think of standing on an asteroid that's flying through the universe. Sounds and I, like want fun. To, I know. And I want you to think of some of the things you're going to see of stars exploding and galaxies of color and black holes. Yeah. Okay. And I just want you to spend like two seconds and be really present with that vision, with that image. Ready? Mm-hmm. Now tell me why you think your dad would say that. Oh, my dad said it because in his own mind and his own wiring, he always defined that women were, the men were the providers and the women were the ones that were the at-home moms. And they cranked out babies and they took care of the house and the men worked outside of the house. It had nothing to do with me. It's just that he, it was confusing him on some level. Like, wait a minute, I have a daughter that I love and I completely identify with, but she defies every thought process I had of who a woman is. It has zero to do with me. Mm -hmm. And it totally reflected the times, you know, absolutely about all the different, you know, all the women who came before us, all the men who came before us, they mm -hmm. each could only go so far. Right. You no, know, and we're getting to a, a place in our um, humanity, in the process of humanity's evolution, where mm -hmm. more people are realizing that they have to be whole, that they can't survive right. in codependent relationships, that there aren't those kind of roles anymore. The roles have mm -hmm. all disappeared with trans kids and and people, you know, switching careers and roles and divorces. So I mean, we are the latest version 
of all the survivors that came before us. Right. And we deserve every good thing that comes our way. And male, female really doesn't apply anymore. Right. Agreed. And when you had me um, put my hand on my heart, what came up in all the work that I've done is that, so I have built all this from the fuel source of I'm not enough and scarcity because I was never going to be enough because I was never going to have a penis versus a vagina. Right. <laughs> like when we think about it, like, okay, totally and makes sense. It's not even that you were enough. And your dad was never saying that you weren't enough. He was just saying, I don't know who you are. Correct. But, I, but that's, that is exactly what he's saying. I'm just saying how it hardwired into me. Yep. Right. Yep. So, cause most of us have some kind of hardwiring that's a, I'm not enough. I'm not worthy or I don't feel loved. You right? know, and it's the belief they say, it's the belief that we create at the times we felt the most unloved. So when we feel like we're not loved, our child mind creates a belief based on whatever's going on, whatever they're sensing. You know, I decided my life career when I was four, I mean, that's ridiculous, mm -hmm. but it's because there was this moment as a child where I was hurting and the only thing I could think of is, well, I'll just be a kindergarten teacher because I right. was going to join kindergarten next year. Mm -hmm. It really, you know, it's just the version, the form that it takes based on what we can understand at the time. Correct. And when we get older, we understand more and it means we can let go of those things. Right. And, and to take this all to then this next step that I have realized in this past few weeks is that, so did all my not enough work, changed all the patterns. Lots of people fell out of my life that resonated with the not enough girl. Oh, I'm still here. Thanks. <laughs> You're so funny. You're part of the new world. Um, <laughs> and um, what it boils down to is that I've, I've realized I have always trusted my gut. I've always trusted, but I didn't realize the fuel source of my gut choices before was that I was not enough. And so the muscle that is being built today, which is no different than my masculine side, trying to trust my feminine side, that is the piece. It's about, I trust myself. I trust that even without the fuel of being not enough, which was a scarcity mindset, which according to most other people, I look very successful on paper, but it's funny. I'm not even close to my potential, not even close. And I know there's a lot of other people that are out there like that as well. And so it's important for us to just recognize that it's okay to trust yourself again in the new way that you're going to be plugging into the world so that you don't have to experience death by 10,000 cuts. Right. right? Fun exercise that somebody can do because I mean, a lot of what I do is I help people understand how they really work so they can create change very fast. Right. So uh, one of the exercises I might give someone is that they would write down, I trust myself and I love that yeah. like a hundred times. Because totally. we have to get, we have to wire our thoughts 
with mm-hmm. our body, with yeah. our emotions. So as you're writing, I trust myself and I love that. You're also eating some raspberries and smelling some jasmine essential oil and you've got great jazz music on in the back. And yep. you get, you know, a picture of your family and people you love all at the same time. And if you do that, you're able to change the wiring really fast. Right. Because you are. Absolutely. You're laying down positive inroads to a new belief. And mm-hmm. happiness and pleasure and joy travel to the brain faster than pain. So if you choose to be in joy... It will I like that. Brain faster than pain will. It will take up all the little circuits in your conscious mm. mind, and you won't. The pain won't be like that anymore. It's called distraction in body work. What we do is when we're doing something painful, we also do something that's very pleasurable at the same time. It makes it easy to stay present with it. So mm. whenever you're rewiring these beliefs, do it physically as well as mentally. And emotionally be in a place of joy and bliss because you've made a party for yourself. Right. Yeah. It's like you have, it's like you have four parts to your being. You have the mental, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. Yeah. And it's like, you have to address all four of those because it shows up in all four of those. Yes. And it's the same thing. I mean, uh, lately I've been working a lot on my body and fixing my spine and my vertebrae and doing it through meditation. You know, allowing myself to go deep into a trance state, let my mind think and let go of all of these beliefs. And as they do, and muscles let go, then my spine starts adjusting itself. It'll crack into place. It'll loosen up. It's about relaxing all Mm. the things that we've been holding on to and doing it intentionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. You can't just read a book. You can't just go and journal for a little while. You have to do everything. You have to do physical, mental, emotional. And, if you and I will tell you, I, I am living proof of that. You know, um, the physical part, I always had the exercise thing down, but it was the eating part for me. And I never ate terrible. It was just the fact that, you know, I would ebb and flow. Right. And so... One of the things, it's just about creating a new system. It's funny. Uh, it happens over time. Uh, it's, you know, anyone I meet and they're just like, Joel, all you got to do is do this fasting. And Joel, all you got to do is do this like 18 day diet. And Joel, I, I've done them all. Hello. So what I've realized is that so that you don't feel more cuts, you know, going back to our theme today of like 10,000 cuts is the fact that um, I don't, want to feel deprived ever, ever. Oh yeah. I'm so selfish and self-absorbed in so many ways. I'm like, Oh no, this isn't going to be fun and pleasurable. I'm not doing it. Right. So I had to find ways where healing, where I realized that, Oh, you mean healing and love heals, love heals you faster than suffering. And, and that's such a mindset shift for people. You don't want to believe that love will heal you. Mm-hmm. We only it want does. to believe that I'm supposed to suffer and this is the way it's going to be. And I have to just work harder and I have to just double down. No, no. I argue with women about like, no, go to the spa and eat some chocolate already. Would you, you know, would you go for a walk and talk to a tree? Come on. Or can, can we just be bold here? And like, I love when you told me early on about, 
having sex and like when you shake, what a great way to let that stuff go. And if you guys don't understand how sex can be an amazing tool to actually get it out of your physical body, like that's why you have things like tantric sex out there because it is literally the way that you can get this really deep stuff out of your physical body and have a ton of fun in the process. Oh yeah. Why, why are we doing this through uh, weekly therapy every week? And now I just, you know, I have to work harder and now I've right. got like a thousand steps and now I've got this for God's sake. That's the lives. We have mm-hmm. to enjoy things and it works. Yeah. It and does I work. fight with people about it all the time. They're like, I don't have time to, to meditate. I don't have time to go for a walk. I don't have time. And I'm like, you don't not have time because you are the miracle. You are the right. resource. You are the gold. And if you've got nothing left, then you might as well just blow yourself up and die because that's where you're headed if you don't start doing things that make you happy. Well, you have to It's either get busy living or get busy dying. Like that yeah. is literally what it is. And so we just have to start to open up to whatever that is. You know, of living, living today. And I want everybody to find the courage to redefine that for yourself today. Because it may not be what you've always done. Like, I know right now I'm stepping into an arena that on some level excites the shit out of me. And another level, it scares me to death. But it's like an excitement scare. You know, and it's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step into this and it's okay. And just know that it's all okay because it makes you giggle. People think that being healthy means that you kind of flatline. You know, nothing ever upsets me, nothing ever. But in reality, we will always get excited. And it can either be excitement or it can be terror. You get Mm -hmm. to choose based on how strong you feel in yourself. Right. No. And so it's not like you get rid of emotions. You still have all still the same there. emotions. It's just yeah. how you interpret them in totally. a way that's healthy for you, that helps you move forward, that gets you what you want, that motivates you. It's an energy. It's a so it's, true. It's a power, and mm-hmm. it can either be a power for good or a power for destruction. And they're both great because destruction brings you wonderful things too. You know? Yeah, as you feel like it's falling apart, it actually is really all falling together. And you just don't realize that. Yeah. And it's super interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just about really, oh, pardon me, uh, <laughs> a little sneeze come on there. But that's um, because you were releasing stress. When you sneeze or when you cough, you're getting any stress you've been holding out of your diaphragm and it releases. So that's really? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it's super exciting when I sneeze or when I cough now because I'm like, ooh, I just let something go. That's awesome. <laughs> I knew that. Point. You can get in a fight or you can sneeze. Yeah, I also I also know that when you're you, – the confirmation that you're shifting your energy is when you yawn. Mm-hmm. Like, that's another huge tell sign, which mm-hmm. that was interesting when I learned that one. I was like, oh, my God, I am shifting energy as I yawn. It's like – Fascinating. Yep. Your jaw might relax. You might have to pee. That's yep. a big one. Um, your back might relax. You'll notice that you can adjust your back more, that it moves more. Um, mm. You'll notice that your hair grows more, you know, that your skin is brighter. 
Because yeah. when you're in a place of always reacting, your body doesn't have the space to heal itself. And when you finally put yourself first, then your body can actually go and do what it's supposed to do, which is heal right. yourself and put yourself back together. But instead, what we do is, you know, we get an arm blown off and we keep walking and then we get a leg blown off and we keep walking. And, and we're the one who's shooting ourselves. Right. You know, because we're trying right. to get ourselves to stop. How else do people end up so sick? You know, right. because we our body is finally saying enough already. Enough. I will force you to let me put ourselves into a healing. Right. And the force place. is the crisis. Yes. And we do not have to call in a crisis to shift. No, these no, no. Absolutely do not. Every day you can listen to great music. And people ask me about meditation. I say, oh, yeah, I meditate like three, four times a day, you know, for hours and hours on end. And, you know, they, they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes I'm studying. Sometimes I'm creating new ideas. Sometimes I'm writing copy. Sometimes I do puzzles. <laughs> creating the space where you're in flow so that your body can do what it's supposed to do, which is be a miracle. It's supposed to heal itself. It's supposed to come up with new ideas. It's supposed to solve problems. It's supposed to connect us all. You know, but if we don't take the time to do that, then all we do is we just keep falling apart. We're not getting old, we're falling apart. And we can fix ourselves, but people are not taught to fix themselves. And here's the thing. Our bodies are amazing. I've had tons of people tell me, Jewel, you look younger than you did 10 years ago. And it's like, because my body's healing, because I'm choosing to plug into the world a different way. Yep. And if your body's, body's falling apart, all that means is that you're not aligned with your soul and your authenticity. And people be like, oh, yeah, Joel, like, no, I'm just getting older. Well, whatever story you tell yourself is exactly what you will create. And that's why, you know, whether it's divorce or some other crisis that creates these 10,000 cuts, you have to understand you're choosing it. Oh, yeah. And authenticity is doing something like being so stressed out that you meet, move in the middle of the night and go to a motel room. Right. That's authenticity. Authenticity mm -hmm. is turning around and walking away and not trying to save something. Right. I'm trying to teach that to my 11 year old daughter going, just walk away from all those girls at school. Who cares? Walk away. Now I go, just walk away. Yeah. People want to be authentic. It stops recreating itself. Yeah. People want to be authentic, but the only way to be authentic are the things that you haven't wanted to do. You know, whatever those things are that you stand up for yourself or tell somebody off or um, take care of yourself first. Right. That's authenticity. So if we want right. to be authentic, we have to do the things that we haven't done before. Right. And we have to start putting ourselves first. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. And so, Rita, how does everyone get a hold of you? Because you are absolutely amazing in helping people get through this journey in their relationships, whether you're divorced, getting divorced, trying to plug back into relationships and not repeat the patterns. Like, you're the gal for that. So how do, mm -hmm. how do people find you? Sure. Um, I can be a little difficult to find because I'm a private person, but people can find me at RitaHickmanCoaching.com. It's hilarious. Um, on the door of my studio, I, I pay rent every month so I can have a studio with lots of private space. It always says closed. The sign never comes off the door saying closed. 
people are only allowed in if they know me personally and you know we've made a time for them to come in you know it's very if people want to ha- get help you mm-hmm. can find me and I'll help you and we'll work you out but you have to decide that that's what you want and right. so you can find me at ritahickmancoaching.com tons of information on YouTube or Facebook reach out we'll get something going but only if someone is willing to finally put themselves first and make right. changes in their lives because it's going to be 10,000 cuts. It's mm. going to be a lot of things you have to let go, but it's so liberating. Right. Because it's only a cut if you mm. think it's a cut. It's actually like a little. Um, yeah, it's how you perceive it. Yep. It's fertilizer, it's motivation, mm-hmm. it's creativity, it's new ideas if you look at it that way. Right. Then it boosts you up and you end up in Colombia studying with the Aruwaku in the mountains. After you have no months, idea how that's going to show up. Right? Exactly. But there was no fight. There was no fight. It no. was just a decision. So yep. when people decide to get help, you can find me. And the same thing with Julie. You are amazing. I still have a $100 bill in my wallet. Oh, excellent. <laughs> and I and I just opened up a new savings account because yep. I'm prioritizing saving and investing automatically like a habit. And just like with money, you have to do the same thing with your body and your emotional health. Right. Because so we work things money, out. Or, right. Yep. We work it out or we act it out through our money, our health, our relationships. Absolutely. And... I am, uh, go to juliemurphy.com because we um, are going to, I'm going to be holding, I'm going to start, and we just started our first uh, three-month coaching program, and I decided that we're going to start the next one um, the first week of April as well. So I have a small group right now that we're doing it with, and so uh, if you go to juliemurphy.com, you'll know when all that registration comes up for the next three-month cycle, and um Again, don't forget to hit that like notification bell and subscribe because we're here to get you to a life that you love. That's why we're here. That's why we're giving of ourselves and our time and our knowledge so that your learning curve is a hell of a lot shorter than ours. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what you do. When you get to the other side, you give back to yep. the people who are still working through it. And so Julie and I have done our work. We've, we've pushed our own buttons. <laughs> And we, well, yes. care, we care enough <laughs> about the planet and about the oh. world that we're willing to give back. Mm. And so that's what we're doing every every week. We give back. Absolutely. That's great stuff. All right. Well, thanks, Rita. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next everybody, week. Thanks, Bye. Julie.